Hey guys, Tom Ulrich and Sean Quigley here from the podcast What's Going On Here? You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And to get in touch with us, uh, just go to our Facebook page and leave a message or email us at what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of What's Going On Here. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 47. My name is Tomo Lovrick, or as I am known popularly in Undertaker circles, T-Love. And with me, as always, I have the inspiring, the uplifting, the exciting, and effervescently sexy young Mr. Sean Quigley, mm-hmm. or as he's known in Ditch Digger circles, The Quig. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh-huh. I'm pretty good. I mean, uh-huh. you know, it's a daily grind getting used to the fact that someone who's so effervescently sexy um, <laughs> hangs only in with ditch, ditch diggers, diggers. Uh, when you get to hang with undertakers. Well, I, I mean, I, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean you only hang with ditch diggers. I, I'm just, this is, the ditch diggers know you as the quick. You get to eat in the big house. Well, I get to the, be, you know, in the yard, but that's fine. Well, no. I, oh, I didn't mean as a grave digger. I meant as a ditch digger, as in like to help utilities. That's why you're so inspiring. Oh, when they lay okay. down gas lines That's and water good. lines and sewer okay. lines. Oh, I, well, I saw guys. you in like an Oliver Twist situation where you're indoors with all the skinny men in uh, suits making all the decisions, and I'm in the back digging uh, the graves. Oh, but, yeah. oh, you went very Victorian on me, didn't you? You went so Victorian on me. That's lovely. Excellent. Well, folks, welcome to episode forty-seven. <laughs> Mm. Uh, for those of you who don't know what our show is all about, we watch little-known TV shows and movies. We watch the middle 20 minutes. Mm. If it's a foreign language TV or sh- uh, show or movie, we turn up the subtitles just to make sure we really have to guess what's going on. And then we try to guess what's going on here. Yep. And then at the same time, we review local eateries and local brew when we can. So, today's episode is about... A Netflix, a movie that's on Netflix, and that's usually where we go to, called The China Salesman. And one of the reasons we picked this movie was because on the picture of it was Steven Seagal and Mike Tyson. Mm. And yes, that Mike Tyson, the Iron Mike Tyson, former boxing heavyweight champ. Um... And Steven so, Seagal, that Steven Seagal, Russian citizen, <laughs> uh, man of the law. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 a serial <laughs> wife abuser, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yes. Um, so that's the, that's the movie we chose. Um, our food that we chose today is a lovely little soul food place in Hackensack, New Jersey, called Paula's Soul Food, obviously. Enough. Um, Sean picked the chicken dinner. Which came with two sides. I believe yours was mac and cheese and sweet potatoes, yes? Uh, or candy yams. Candy yams. Yeah. Okay, yep. And I had the uh, tangy mustard chicken wings with a side of cornbread and collard greens. Mm-hmm. Yes. And our beer, and let's face it, the beer is really actually the star of the show, not any of the inane natterings that we carry on with, is a, I've never seen this before, is a beer called Alva by Cypress Brewing... The Cypress Brewing Company out of Edison, New York. And it is a Imperial New Porter. New Jersey. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. I said New York. Yes. In Edison, New Jersey. My, my fault. It's an Imperial Porter. You got uh, all those people from Edison shouting down their phones right now, being like, you fucking... But you, I, you I, I'm fucking. sure we're going to get so many complaints out of Edison, New Jersey. <laughs> Via Sao Paulo. <laughs> Via Sao Paulo, right. Um, it's 8% alcohol by volume and 40 IBUs. And as maybe some of you caught this, they're out of Edison, New Jersey, and the beer is called Alva. And there's a picture of Thomas Edison on there, and for those of you that don't know... His middle name was Alva. Thomas Alva Edison. So, as usual, let's start off our show by cracking these lovely one-pint cans open and seeing what's what, yes? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's a lovely sound. Okay. Ooh. Nice caramel. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. It's a very... Mm. It's very portery, but at the same time, it's a little bit like almost citrusy. It's a little tangier than I expected it to be. It is. As opposed to chocolatey. It's almost like they, they went via a route of... Uh, I don't know if they were trying to, 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 to make it like a citrusy like, IPA or yeah, something. Yeah, it's almost kind of hoppy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, uh, if, 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 I wonder if they use citrus hops. Probably should look that up. There's nothing really written on the can, but not quite what I expected, but nonetheless no. good. No, very nice. Again, I would not, <clears throat> to drink it, if I was to blind taste test, I would, I, not have I would say, I'd say like one of those black IPAs that sometimes people have. Like right, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have thought it was important, eh? No, no. Unusual, unexpected. Yeah. But hey, that's the whole point of the show. We try <clears> to <throat> find the unusual and the unexpected in beer. Not necessarily food. Food is just... I mean, in a situation like this where we we're just trying everything, it's great. I mean, if I was having a porter party, one of my uh, famous uh, porter parties, <laughs> uh, it would be... People would be confused. A porter like, party. You bring this to your porter party? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure if you, is that the American R you're going with or the Irish R? I'm not sure which The porter party. 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 That's what that is. It's the porter party. Anyway, you wee bastards. Okay, so um, so our movie, China Salesman. It opens up. The scene is. Uh, a stateroom of some sort and they have like a big table with like a diorama of I guess this giant area where they need to do stuff whatever they're doing and right off the bat we are amazed at the amount of budget and the poor quality of execution on certain things so this is the, the plot is basically at least on the description that uh, uh, was it a Chinese engineer tries to help a war-torn Chinese salesman? Char- Does it say Chinese salesman? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. it's. I thought it was an engineer. Oh, because he was the one fixing the freaking towers. Oh, or maybe it was both. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so this is a war-torn country, and they have to reestablish uh, nationwide communications. 
And so they, they, they have to do that by going from tower to tower. And there is a Chinese man in the room and a Chinese woman, a bunch of African men in the room that this is obviously the country they're working with. And the guy that's working with them is an underling to the president because the president phone calls later from a different room. And, and then there's a if white If this was woman. a different podcast, people would be referring to those men in the room as African-American men. But they weren't American. They were just African. <laughs> I know. That's my point. I love that. I hear it all the time. That's one thing I do. It's become so part of the lexicon of like people being so used to like saying what they think they should say. Right, right, I hear right, it all right. the time, I, especially with the English actors. Because there's so many, um, there's so many black English actors working in Hollywood right now. Between like you got the tutor, Edge of Four, uh, the guy from Star Wars, yep. um, your your other guy, oh, what's his name, who played um, Martin Luther King and Selma. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, a, a whole bunch of people, and I always hear them referred to as African Americans, and they're not. They're not. They're not. No. They're at best African. Yeah. A lot of the times they're not even that. British. A lot of times they're not even that. It's like Idris Elba. Like I've heard him talk about it. It's like, the amount of times we're called African-American. I'm like, I'm English. And like, my, my, my I'm from the East from, End. Ja- from Jamaica. Like, I'm not from Africa. Like, you know, right, right, right. anything. Although, technically, if he's from Jamaica, he technically he is, is African-American. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I will tell him to shut up on that so one. True. Because it's the so. American continent. I guess so. So, Idris, I love you, but shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends what island you're from. If you're from Jamaica, that was never... That was always a British com- comedy. Yeah, but when they do that it's reference, it's not this. about the country. It's about the continent. Hmm. Hmm. So, the fact that you are of African origins yeah. on the American continent, that's the whole so. point of saying African-American. Yeah. Because the whole point was basically, yeah. you know, because with the whole stupidity of the ethnic thing, for whatever reason, the U.S. could never just accept that, like, we're Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, of course, you know, the Irish wanted to be Irish, and the Italians wanted to be Italian, and the Germans wanted to be yeah. German, and all this other shit. So, they would never say American. They would just say, oh, no, I'm Italian-American. Yeah. You're American. Your grandparents or great-grandparents were from Italy. You're American. You're fourth-generation American. It's like, unless you're still in contact with family back in Italy, yeah. really your Italian connection is, eh, you know, I, I'm sorry. So, it's and that's why... It's kind of crazy they still ask those questions. Like, there's still boxes to tick for what race you are. Because it really shouldn't be a thing at all. Like, who should care? Like, we just stop using those boxes. It's if you true. truly wanted to be completely inclusive, yes. diverse in, like, jobs or yes. any other situation, yes. you just leave the box out. Yes. And just, it's all just people. Well, I mean, for jobs, they're technically not allowed to ask. Yeah. Anyway... But it's been made so complicated and such a clusterfuck from day one. Yeah. You know, I mean, quite frankly, it should be a completely blind interview with the voice disguised. (laughs) No, seriously. Yeah. Like, so you can't even tell if it's a man or a woman, you know, you can't tell if there's an accident or not. Just have the computer just do whatever. Yeah. And then you do the interview. Don't even ask a name, just initials. First initial, last initial. That's it. Or they should just do the whole thing through intermediaries, just through like you know hiring headhunter agencies and just be like. But but then, but then the headhunters can have a bias. Yeah, that's true. So my point is, if you really want to be it for it to be just fair, let's just do. Let's look at your your educational background or experience, and let's see how you do in the interview. Yeah, yeah. And if in the interview sound great, all right, let's let's bring you in, kind of stuff, you know. And then do the background check after you pick the person that you like. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> just have surrogates going into the interviews with earpieces in, and you're in the other room, and they're <laughs> just feeding the lines through. 
Yes. <laughs> I have 14... I, sorry, I have si- 13 <laughs> years experience in the field. <laughs> that actually would be pretty awesome. I, think. <laughs> I don't usually sound this robotic. This guy is a complete douche tool. Oh, Whoa, well, me? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, so they're in this room and they're looking at this diorama and there's like cell towers basically everywhere. And what you get pretty soon... You, see, you get all the African men in the room, and there's one white woman dressed completely in white with a white scarf over her head, and, and she's blonde. And it was yeah. just like, okay, let's just, what point are we trying to drive home here? It's literally, everything she's wearing is white. Her shoes are white, her pants are white, her tops are white, and her scarf is white, and she's blonde. Yeah. So it's like, okay. And then there's, like I said, a Chinese woman and a Chinese guy. And they're talking back and forth. And instantly, right away, it goes to the Chinese guy. And he's the actor is obviously, he is trying to, for some reason or another, this movie is, by the looks of it, is produced like a China-produced movie. Because yeah. the director was Chinese, the lead guy is Chinese, and Steven Seagal and Mike Tyson are on there just as, I don't know, to attract uh, yeah, attention and, to and the movie. And only China or a foreign country would have the budget... A production company would have the budget to pay for all the stuff that's in this film, whereas like in, in in America or in England, there's a bunch of films like this where you have your Mike Tyson's, your Steven Seagal's, you know, whatever. But like all the budget goes to those guys, and the rest of it is skipped. Like it's all CGI. Right. They do not have practical effects. Right, they no, don't no. have the budget for it. No, right, because it's this... pointless. They would like, in America, a production company would read the director's spec and be like, "Why? Yeah, no, right, that's stupid. Right, exactly. So." <laughs> So, so uh, um, right off the bat, so the Chinese guy speaking English, and his English is so. And for those of you that don't know, and for those of you that aren't multilingual, it's one of the, these courses, and I've seen it enough where to an American ear, it just sounds weird because nobody really talks this way. But they have these courses that try to teach colloquial language. Yeah, and it's so stylized it's so weird it's not quite robotic but it's there so like all of these vowels in order to get the sound right they over enunciate certain vowels and it's just like did he have a stroke i don't what's (laughs) you know does he have down syndrome i don't know (laughs) what the story is but it's like everything is pronounced in a certain way because nobody knows how to pronounce it properly. <laughs> and it's like properly, like every R is, it's like, wait, no, I, you don't have to announce every syllable that way. But yeah. this is how the guy's talking. And it's done so badly that Sean right away goes like, oh my God, they dubbed it over in post because yeah. the timing was off. And it's like, yeah, they yeah. dubbed it over in post. And it's like, okay, so you dubbed it over in post. You couldn't have gotten somebody to speak it a little better. And I felt bad because the guy is supposed to be the lead. But I kid you not if I understood five words the guy said in the entire 20 minutes. Yeah. Because his over-enunciations and things he was saying. Because in order to over-enunciate, he still didn't have a grasp on the language where he was really flexing his face in order to get those sounds out. It was just completely yeah. distracting. It's like he's spending all his attention on the vowels 
And right. Like nothing, not hitting any constants hard. Right. So it's just, oh, uh, yeah, nap, <laughs> right. you're talking like this. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it was A-E-I-O-U the whole time yeah. and sometimes Y. And it was just like, what, what is he saying? <laughs> so we're, we're laughing hysterically because, <laughs> and then it seems to go to the other actors and it looks like the other actors are dubbed over too. So... The African guys, the African country. That whole scene, that is a scene where like the boom guy was just facing the boom in the wrong direction. <laughs> they realize afterwards, they're like, yeah, oh, crap. <laughs> no, I think that was the scene where the boom guy was like, I, is that the take? I don't, yeah. what, should we do another one? <laughs> you know, that's one of those like professional things that I find it when I'm on set or like in a play. Like, not that I'm any great director or anything, but like there are certain things that I'm like, you know what really worked better? It's this. But because, you know, of course, it's not my job. I'm just here as an actor. My job is to be the line monkey and just repeat yeah. the lines as best as the director wants and just kind of cringe, cringe and not say anything when somebody carries on something. I think that's, that, that's the sound, guys. Like, <laughs> are we sure this is the... Is this the... Okay, just checking. All right, yeah, take this is the take we're going with. Okay, okay, yeah, this is the take. So, it goes from there, and they're basically saying... What we gather from the conversation is... So, there's French accents in the room. There's a Chinese accent. The white woman... I don't know if that was supposed to be Dutch or German. I have no idea. Random European something. Right, exactly. It wasn't Slavic, though. Mm. So, I, I think she was... I think she was supposed to be either German, and maybe the, hence the like the blonde hair and wearing everything white. <laughs> one of those very white countries. <laughs> yeah, one of those very very white countries. That sure shit is in Germany. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so, um, the what we gather from the conversation is that I guess, and this is where the war torn part comes in. There's rebel troops, and for whatever reason, they're they're destroying the the. Uh, uh, cell towers and and killing communication in the country and that's tr throwing the country in disarray and people yeah. are rioting because they can't get on their cell phone i've just realized that like the majority of this film you could replace the bad guys with stormtroopers yep or uh, and the and the goodies as rebels yep or you could have the bad guys as like weird aliens with funny skin and the good guys is various... Wait um, a minute, are you getting racist here? As, no, no, no. <laughs> What's the funny skin as part, guy? <laughs> as, various, as various Starship Enterprise uh, officers, okay. you know, red shirts, yellow shirts. Okay. Like, it, the whole thing looks either like Star Wars or just an episode of Star Trek. Like, with the setting, yes. where they are, yes. they're like, no, oh, this is... You're absolutely right. And the right. way the this, action works, and like, it, seemingly it totally, for no reason... It totally could have been... Let's get the junior high school students to come in and produce an episode of Star Trek just for shits and giggles. Yeah. And have them put something together. That's what it looked like. There was a white dude in the room. He spoke with a French accent and had an ugly scar on the side of his face. And yet, so like visually, if you don't hear the sound, you're like, oh, this guy's working both sides. He's dirty. There's no two ways about it. But then when you actually hear the sound and you hear the guy talk, he's just very mild-mannered and it is very like... <laughs> Well, do you think it is possible to fix these things? Because uh, I do not want to be late for my volunteering at the orphanage. <laughs> you know, he's just like completely mellow. It's like, all right, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. So they get into a big fight because they're saying, no, it's impossible to fix the uh, communications network. It's possible. So the Chinese guy, it, oh, that's what it was. I think they were competing 
companies to fix the communications network. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the Chinese guy was saying, like, we don't need anybody. We can fix it. And the white woman was like, no, you can do shit. I don't even need any of his help. I can go out there by myself in my white gauzy outfit and <laughs> with my heels and fix it. So she had heels on, mind you, the whole show. Not very high heels, but they were like two-inch heels. Mm-hmm. White as well. White, yeah, white. yeah. The, Why the, would you every, dress all white? You're going everything, the everything is... Well, well that makes Actually, sense. Actually, now I say that. Makes <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> <laughs> why, would you, why would you wear like a big white flowing outfit in the desert? Who does that? Oh, everyone does that. Everyone does that, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> now, now, if they were in the Antarctic or the Arctic, you'd be like, why are you wearing like stuff that reflects the sun? No, no, no. You want as much sun as you possibly can. Yeah. Dress like a penguin. Be completely black. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so somehow they, they agree to work together to fix this communication system. And there's an officer there, African officer, and he is talking to them and he sounds the way he's talking. He almost sounds like he's West Indian, like with his accent. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why is the lead guy talking with a French accent and he sounds West Indian? I don't, the casting somehow they missed. And Mike Tyson, who's not in it yet, appears to just be American. Yes, there's Which no Which doesn't to make Mike any Tyson. sense. Why would Although he, he must have practiced for a long time to drop his voice that Oh, yeah, because he's not dropping. Yeah. Because <laughs> his, his voice is fire. <laughs> like, what, what? Mike, are you okay? You got a cold? They must have gotten him a case of strep throat. Maybe he was maybe, dubbed as well. He, he might have been. Maybe they like hired, uh, you know, some random Morgan Freeman to dub it over there. <laughs> fire. <laughs> fire. <laughs> well, anyway, so, so they agreed to work together. And they go off. And there... So there's the African officer. And he has... The column is uh, an armored vehicle of some sort with, with, with the Caterpillar drive. Uh, big armored vehicle. It looked like it had a gun on top. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it, yeah, did. Yeah. It, it had a gun mount on top. Uh, heavy caliber. Like 51 cal gun probably or whatever. Um, and then there was two trucks. Three, I think, originally. There's a few. Something yeah. like that. So it goes from there and they are they're going to this first tower to fix it. And as they get there, all the African uh, uh, um, troops that come out of this meeting that we first saw are wearing camouflage. And it's green camouflage. And they're literally out. And this is on location. They're literally, literally out somewhere in the desert. Yeah. And they're all wearing green camouflage, which is just like questionable at best because like, how could we stick out like a sort of, oh, I know, let's dress as healthy evergreen bushes and stand <laughs> in the desert. That, that's how. So they get to the first tower and they're about to pull over and there's a guy up in the nest and Mike Tyson and his troops come out and start shooting everybody up. And Mike Tyson is in the big tank. And he's got a tank and two or three uh, trucks and a bunch of troops. And the guy who was in the gun nest of our hero's uh, armored vehicle dies because all of a sudden we just got some red paint splattered. And it was <laughs> the paint. It's always, it's always curious to me how certain movies, the budgets for certain departments are like, yeah. let's, yes, let's, let's get real tanks. Let's get trucks. What about the makeup? Fuck off. Where he's like, <laughs> it's just like, what? I've seen movies. Just get me red paint. <laughs> yeah, what, right. what color red? 
Bright red. Bright red. Barn red. Candy apple red. That's what I want. That's what blood is. That's what blood looks like. Candy apple red. And it's literally... It's so red that when it does splash on the inside of the armored vehicle, it looks like someone decided to throw pink into the mix. It's, almost, it's the... almost good. I'm like, actually, that looks good. That's an improvement. A little bit of spackling here. It kind of brightens the place up, doesn't it? It did brighten the tank up. Yeah. Absolutely. But it always cracks me up with these things like where they choose to like the budget to go. And more often than not, makeup is just like, what? Fuck well, off. Well, no, because I think what probably happens in these things is they spend so much money, they do whatever, like bang, 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 bang. And especially on location like this, where it's obviously... I mean, it has to be, I think, you know, it has to be somewhere in probably like Tunisia or somewhere like that, just because Tunisia is famously cheap and easy to film in. Right. Um, but where they've got all the way there and they were guaranteed by like through someone or someone that there was going to be the special makeup person was going to be on location because right. they weren't bringing a makeup person all the way from like China. China, no, no. They were no. like, no, no, there's someone here locally uh, through a studio and then like they're waiting for two hours and they don't turn up and they're like, oh shit, what the fuck do we do? Like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> yellow pages, find someone now. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. And they just like end up with a random intern, some 14 year old who's studying makeup and they're like, well, okay, you just do it then. <laughs> Suleiman's <laughs> movie makeup effects. <laughs> We will be there as soon as you want. Yeah. It takes a little time. I have camel to ride. It will take some time. <laughs> so, so they get there and there's a big gun battle between Mike Tyson's troops and all these other troops. And of course, right away, watching 30 seconds into this battle, you realize that Mike Tyson is not on location because <laughs> he's just barking orders from inside a quote-unquote tank. <laughs> and then they show all the action from the outside. And like we mentioned before... It is budget because it is actually a bunch of armored vehicles and jeeps and they got gun placements and whether the gun placements are rubber or not, I don't know, but the, uh, the vehicles are there. Yeah. Explosions are happening. Now, granted, they're Hollywood explosions, you know, because whenever they show these things as if anybody who's ever watched the show Mythbusters knows, explosions aren't like that. Uh -huh. They're not these big just gouts of flame. They're like that in Hollywood things because they add a 20-gallon bucket of gasoline <laughs> yeah. to make it look that way. Otherwise, explosions just look like a, a giant like fart monster, just <laughs> like blue dust everywhere. You know, yeah. that's what it looks like. So, um, so they're, 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 there's gun battle going, and apparently our people, the heroes with the, uh, um, with the Chinese and the white, the Chinese man and the white woman, they're kind of manhandling Mike Tyson's forces. And it's hilarious to like when all the shooting happens, the main officer's in the armored vehicle with the two engineers or salespeople or whatever the hell they are, the competing guys that have agreed to work together. And all the shooting happens. So the guy says, go, 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 go now. And they leave the armored vehicle, which I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's an armored vehicle. Yeah. The whole point of this thing is unless like a big like rocket busts it, uh -huh. it'll be fine. That's, so they run out. She's running in her little two-inch heels across the desert. And they're ducking for cover. So anyway. And they are fighting like this. Whatever this army is, this like, especially the guy leading it, this African army, yeah. they are fighting like this is the worst war they'd ever. Like they are fighting like it is not only a civil war, like it's for their family. Like this is the, yes. the most important thing they've ever done. And you get the feeling they've probably seen a lot of action in various different situations, as you would be if you were from a, you know, an African soldier in a war-torn country. You've probably seen some crazy stuff. You've been in a lot of uh, interesting situations. But this, like, oh my God, I feel like, especially the guy commanding, he's like, there has never been a more worthy cause than 
this Chinese man coming here to fix the communications antenna <laughs> for the corporate uh, competition. Like, uh, I must do the best I can. Like, it's like, what the? F- why do they care so much? Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. No one tells you why. Yeah. Like, what's at stake here? We still don't know. Besides the communications array, and, and that's what I was saying. Is it, it was like, like, is it really? We don't have cell ser- cell service, and the world is really going to shit in the handbasket because I mean. We were fine without it for, oh, I don't know, 15,000 years. Yeah. While all of a sudden we're going to hell in a handbag. Especially basket. in, like, the desert. In the desert, right. <laughs> like, like, oh, those troglodytes are going to be no. so pissed if they don't have their Minecraft. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't exactly get what they were selling with it, you know? It's like, what? What, what, what is all this stuff? So, anyway. So, they chase off Mike Tyson's <laughs> troops. And Mike Tyson yells... Obviously, in the studio somewhere, in this mock thing. All right, everybody, pull back. Pull back. And when he's speaking, you know, everyone used to Mike Tyson talk like this. Because this is kind of like, this is his range. And it, there's nothing wrong with it. But this is how Mike Tyson, if you ever seen any interviews with Mike Tyson, this is how he talks. But in this movie, he's like, everybody, pull back. It's like, wait a minute, what? Mike, you got a sore throat? What's happening here? Everybody, pull back. Go, go, go! So they all start pulling back. And you see Mike Tyson's tank goes down between these two hills and the various vehicles going. And like in all of these situations, like you see in every movie when anything happens in Africa or any other third world country where they don't have the budget for things. Somebody finds a pickup truck and just mounts a a, a freaking 51 caliber rifle on top. Uh And that's your vehicle kind of thing. (laughs) And, and as it goes, <laughs> we see the pickup truck is the last in line and it's going between these two hills. <laughs> and I've never quite seen Sean this excited while watching any of these TV shows. Yeah. And you see the soldier kind of like <laughs> handling the, the, the gun and it's going. And he has this very stiff but shaky kind of gait about him. And what you realize instantly is. Which I don't understand at all because they had tons of extras, like yeah. lots of extras, like guys doing fantastic stunt work. By the way, the stunt work was really good. All my like hats off to the African stunt team. They were really doing yeah. lots of just like good stunt work. But they probably weren't even stunt guys. It was just like literally a couple of local guys. They're like, ah, my brother, he will come. He will throw himself down the cliff. Oh, He's the going to be in movie, big Hollywood movie. He's fine. He will yes. do it. No well, problem. Whoever they are, they did a fantastic job yeah. with stunt work. And this truck is pulling away with a soldier at the back of the machine gun. Uh. And he's very stiff and kind of <laughs> shaking perfectly in sync with the truck. And, and what you realize instantly is like, that's not a guy. They put a dummy on the thing and they pulled away. It's like, really? <coughs> you didn't need a sound guy there. You could have easily put the sound guy in a uniform and just have him so on great. the back of the... And Sean jumps up. Oh, oh, oh my... That's, that's a dummy. It's a dummy. I'm looking at I'm killing myself laughing because it's so obviously just a mannequin yeah. that they mounted on the back just of the like truck. Attached, like, his hands are attached to like the, the gun thing. And what's even better is if you look closely enough, like you can just see like where his neck is between the cap and the uh, clothes and his hands. And he does have black skin. Yes. And, I, and I'm, all I'm thinking is I'm like, oh, like, what's the chances they've found a black mannequin? There's <laughs> someone who's had to find a job and they're going like, right, you need to paint it chocolate, with a nice chocolate paint mannequin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was so bad and so comical at the same time that we were just like, 
what the hell is happening? I mean, the scene opened with this just bizarre conversation in a room, and like not even like a minute later, all this action in the desert, and then the dummy. And again, going back to which department did it do well? It's like, as Sean, Sean correctly points it out, that's probably a second unit, and they didn't have an extra to sit in the back of the because the shot is obviously yeah. very different. And then just pulled away and mounted a dummy on this thing. And again, it's just like, wait a minute. You had to have somebody from Crafty or yeah. somebody just They're in the middle in the of the desert, of but they had a dummy. They Where did they have a dummy? <laughs> They're like, we didn't have a spare person in this, this film crew. But in we the had, of the we desert. do have, we carry dummies. Jim, the sound guy, carries a variety of dummies wherever he goes in the back of his Toyota Camry. <laughs> just, he doesn't talk very much, just, but he's got all the dummies. Just the logistics of it are <laughs> mind-boggling. It's like, right, we came out to the middle of the desert. And even if we shot with a camcorder, <sighs> we had the costume and everything. There were the three. There were three vehicles at least. Yeah. So at least three people were driving, including an armored vehicle. So let's say the camera crew came with the pickup truck. There had to be at least two guys handling the camera, yeah. or or just distributing stuff. You can't tell me there wasn't an extra person to just climb on the back of that pickup truck yeah. and just go. I mean, because if it is. Man, these guys plan to the minute detail because like that is like we have everybody we need. We have three drivers, we have one cameraman, and one sound guy. We need a soldier on the back of the truck. Uh, oh, here, take this dummy, take it with you. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. What? It was. I, I like the idea that there's like a financial person involved. This one, they're sitting there somewhere. I'd be like, you'd be like. Right, where can we replace people with dummies? Save money. Uh, where are there points where we don't need people? People are expensive. Hmm. I know what's not expensive. You know what would be awesome? Dummies. <laughs> you know what would be awesome? If they actually like shipped the dummy from China for yeah. that shot. That would be just out freaking standing. I mean, it was almost definitely made in China. <laughs> well, there is, there is that. There is that. So anyway, so yeah, so so Mike Tyson's troops, and this is the confusing one, Mike Tyson's troops pulled away because they showed reinforcements coming for our heroes. And it was a big, like, column of just personnel transports. And, like, Mike Tyson's guys had, like, two, three armored vehicles and lots of gun-mounted pickup trucks. I'm like, <laughs> those are just trucks with people in them. Just blow them up. <laughs> yeah. And as they show these trucks coming down the road... The editing was so bad that at one point they show like a truck towing a cannon and you could see the three cuts that was supposed to be this continuous thing and it kind of, I, I'm boggled by like what could have happened on this empty road yeah. that they were taking this camera shot from that they had to cut four different times just to show the truck cross 50 feet worth of road. I don't, what could have happened? Yeah. Did they accidentally hit a, hit a zebra? I, I, I mean, I don't, you know, or, or a camel got in the way and they ran over it while they weren't looking. I, I don't understand what was there. I don't know. I think we'll so, never know. So, here, here, so here's the best part. So the reinforcements come. Mike Tyson's troops go away. And they go, okay, let's, let's fix the tower. So the two, the, the white woman and the Chinese guy go to work on the tower now. And um, the Chinese guy goes, and he was kind of covering her when they were running from all the bullets and all that. And he goes and climbs up this tower. And as he starts climbing, he reaches the ladder. And she says, all romantically, she says, be careful. And he just kind of gives, gives her this somber, I'm a hero. 
I don't know, I'm not sure what my feelings about you are yet. May There would be romantic feelings if maybe you were Asian and not white. But as for now, <laughs> all I can accept is that you're looking at me as a sexy thing. And that's all that's going to happen here. <laughs> and he climbs up the ladder. And, uh-huh. that, and, and that's it. Yeah. So they fix the tower. They call back to the headquarters. And they say, we fixed the first tower. We're going for the second tower. Hurry. We have so little time. And I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Are we getting World Series news? Is it like the location of the trunk or treat for Halloween? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. But like, there's like a serious issue. Why communications? You know what it was? I know what it was. Uh-huh. This was shot probably right before the World Cup. And they had uh, to get the communications up and working before the World Cup started. That, that's the only explanation that to me right sense. now. It's the only one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. What, what, what pressing need is there for that to happen? <sighs> Especially since they all have like vehicular modes of transport. Uh-huh. It's like, just get in the car and drive, you know, whatever it is, 60 clicks to the next place and tell them what happened. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, that's going to take you, I don't know. An hour, not even. It, it should take you 35 minutes. You're in the desert. There's no traffic. There's no traffic lights. <laughs> it should take you 30 minutes at best yep. to get from point A to point B and tell people that this is what happened. And, and you're good. So mm-hmm. I, 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 we still don't know what the pressing need for the communications were. Again, and, and as much of the crazy things that are wrong with this film, we're in this situation <laughs> where we're presented with making it seem like it's the, uh, the director or the writer's fault for not making incredibly clear the premise of the film for people who have begun the film it's in the middle of the film. <laughs> like, oh, idiots. <laughs> this is a common theme. No one ever explains what's going on in the middle of the film. <laughs> exactly. I mean... <laughs> They're not taking into account all those people that just only watch from the beginning and they only watch 20 minutes of it. <laughs> God, it's true. It's I, hard. I, it, it really annoys me that they don't take our show into consideration <laughs> when they make these movies. It really, it really. Although is we difficult. have, we, every now and again, we've had something where it's been disappointed is the fact that they've literally managed to have like a beginning, middle, end within the twenty minutes. Of the year. <laughs> like, wow, that was everything. That was everything we, we needed to know. I don't know. I, I don't know what the rest of the padding was. <laughs> and, and then, and then, of course, <laughs> they're the ones where like we watch the middle twenty minutes is like. Nothing happens. No. Nothing. No, like, I'll tell you what we're going to do in the middle. Nothing. Nothing. That'll we'll really just, keep him watching. We'll, we'll just <laughs> have the woman sit there and drink tea and have the guy like clip his toenails. <laughs> that's it. That's all that happens. Like, what's happening? I don't know. But that's that's all that's happening. It's yeah. art. Just, oh, yeah. Just trust the art. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, they call back to the headquarters to let them know they're going to the second tower now. And this is... And if you thought this was funny... I, I just want to preface this by saying, if you want to be entertained for 20 minutes, yep. this is the movie. Oh, yeah. The middle 20 minutes of this movie is, you have to watch it. Oh, yeah. It is so incredibly bad. And for about 15 of the 20 minutes, we were literally looking at each other going, what is going on here? This I is mean, probably our the best. I'm not, I don't want to say it's the best as in, like, obviously the best. In quality, And it's obviously right? not the worst we've seen. No. But as far as things we've seen from Netflix... I think it's probably the best middle 20 minutes of anything I can think of yes. as far as like entertainment. Like what the hell is yeah, happening? Right, right, right. It's because like they made it just for our show. It's true. It yeah. is, this movie was just about tailor-made for this podcast. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It really was because it was exciting. The 20 minutes went by fast. <laughs> yeah. And almost the entirety of the 20 minutes, we were looking at each other going, what the hell is going on here? I, <laughs> I don't think anything that came before 
mattered. No. And anything that happened after, I don't think that really mattered either. No, no. Apart from Steven Seagal, of course. <laughs> We're right. Yeah. But that's the only thing. In the 20 minutes, we never saw Steven Seagal, which, I mean, that's kind of, that, that's an optimist-pessimist view, you know? Yeah. If you're a pessimist, you're like, oh, thank God we didn't see Steven I like, Seagal. I like the idea that Steven Seagal was sitting there, as opposed to Mike Tyson, who spent the whole not being on location, mm. spent the whole thing like, you know, doing it down the road in the studio in LA or whatever in Burbank. Like, I like the idea that Steven Scout would have been on location the whole time, giving them advice, stunt advice, yes. film advice, oh, because yeah. he's a film pro. Yes. I like the idea that he'd have done that. And maybe even the dummy came from Steven Seagal. Like, that they initially had a guy on the back. And Steven Seagal <laughs> was like, have you ever seen what happens when a man is standing on the back of a pickup truck and he goes over a hill in the desert? <gasps> you don't want to see that. I've seen it too many times. <laughs> Get a dummy. He's a, he's, That's what we did in Under Siege 2. You know <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. It's like, oh, he's a target for some <laughs> rebel guy in the corner. Let's put a dummy up there. <laughs> anyway. So they go, they start going to the second tower. All of the backup that came to back them up in the first fight disappeared. <laughs> so now it's the armored vehicle and two trucks. Yeah. Two pickup trucks. And where are all those, like, that, that column of trucks that came down? It must have been, like, seven of them towing cannons and such. Uh-huh. They're all gone. Like, w- did they go for tea? What, what happened? I don't know where they went. Anyway, so we get to the, what uh, military and, and battle historians would probably tell you is a bad area. Oh, yeah. Because it's literally, they're going up a road. It's between two hillocks. And then there's further down the road is like this vista, this, 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 um, uh, um, oh, what's the bloody word? But tableau, basically, that there's a gun nest up there, like yeah, a 50 cal yeah. gun nest. And all these guys are up there with bazookas and all sorts of stuff. So our heroes come up the hall and said, we should be there soon and we'll fix the second tower. The guys in the gun nest, obviously enemies of our heroes see them coming, and they start firing. Uh-huh. And they hit the armored vehicle with a blast. And that shifts the armored vehicle off the road a little bit, and there's a ravine off to the side. Yeah, yeah. And our heroes once again run <clears throat> out the back of the armored vehicle because it's not safe being in an armored vehicle when bullets are flying. You want to hide behind a rock. Yeah. So, um... But this whole scene visually, now think about it, reminds me a lot.